So welcome everyone today to Psalms Through the Eyes of the Living Letters. And this morning when I woke up, the Father began to really mess with me even more than he always does about his goodness. And when we look at the living letter Tet and we look at Psalm 119 verses 65 through 72, we begin to see that that, 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 that David is beginning to speak about the living letter Tet. And he reminds himself of the goodness of the Father. Now, probably about six months ago, the Father took me into this beautiful place where I was walking into a dream. And I and literally it was it's one of these things where I don't know if you've ever had this before, where you where you begin to dream something, but it's 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 not a typical dream like a nighttime sleepy dream. More of a this this dream was more of a what I call a lucid dream, one where I was fully aware and knowing that I was knowing that I was in this place of being asleep, but yet able to retain and able to make a choice in every part of the dream as it continued. And so I was an active role in the dream. And in this dream, the father, him, father and I were walking side by side. And anytime the father and I walk side by side like that, there's always a conversation that goes on. But the conversation doesn't include us talking in the sense of the way that we're talking in here today. Every time that I talk with the father, it's always this heart to heart communication. And so it's not really about the 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 words of the mouth. It's really about the intent of the heart. And there's this conversation on the intent of the heart. And this day, when I when when we were walking together, Father and took me to the place of this huge door. And the only way that I can describe this door was an ancient door. It was a door that was very ornate. It had it had uh, this this detailed work everywhere. Now, if you were to ask me, and and uh, and I was to try to tell you if there were any symbols or what that door was comprised of, I don't think I could do that. Because it was so detailed and so ornate, it almost just began to to uh, just blow away my my natural mind. And I know that what I was seeing was something that the Father was showing me in depth. And it wasn't about what was on the door. It was about the door itself. And I looked at the door and I was I was wondering if the Father was going to open the door or if there was something that I needed to do to open the door. But as I was wondering that, I saw the father reach over and he began to open the door. And when he did, he only opened it just a tiny little crack. But it was enough where I could look in and begin to see what was just beyond the door. And the only way that I can describe to you what I saw was his goodness. Because there's no other word that I can use to say what I saw inside. It was, it was, it was beautiful. It was this place where it wasn't about, it was about what I was seeing, yes, but it was also about what I was feeling inside of my heart. Because the moment that I he allowed me to look into this door, I realized that everything in my life, everything that had happened, whether it had happened to me or whether I had made choices, wrong choices, that took me down a wrong path, I began to see that even those things brought about a change in me because I saw another aspect when I realized that was the wrong path to take. Let it be because of immaturity or let it be because of, of, a, of a willful choice. Most of the time it was because of immaturity. But then there was times that it was also because of a willful choice. But they always brought me to the place of realizing, wait, 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 wait. That is not the route I want to go. And I began to see that his goodness was always there in every single situation. This grabbed a hold of my heart so strongly that that I began to realize, now, wait a minute, that, that in everything, Father works together to the good to all to them who love the lord not only that but he was he was also showing this place where his goodness is there to teach us to bring us to a place of understanding to bring us to a place of of knowing him 
You see, there's one thing about my father that that I can definitely tell you is absolutely 100% true. And that is that is he is always good. And Hebrew, that's the Hebrew word tov. Now, the Hebrew word tov in Hebrew isn't an adjective. It's a noun. Let me repeat that again. The Hebrew word tov is not an adjective, something that describes something else. It is a noun. It is a person, a place, or a thing. Right? So in this case, it's a person and a place. And if you can go there, it's also a thing too. So it's the one thing that is constant. And the one th- the next thing that I know that the Father always does is he always gives. He always gives good gifts to his children. He always gives good, good, good gifts to each and every one of us. His mercies reign on the just and on the unjust. You see, if there's one thing that I want to establish before we even get started into the scripture today is just that. The Father is saying, in all things, I am good. In all things, in every situation, in every difficulty, in every time of challenge, in every time of learning, I am always good. So from that place, Psalm 119 begins like this. It says, you have done good to your servant, O God, according to your word. Teach me good reasoning and knowledge, for I have been faithful to your commandments. Now, those of you that have been in the class for a while know that there sometimes there are, are, are sentences or groups of, of these, these, these psalms as we go through them that the Father really speaks heavily to me. And for me, this time was this first sentence that, that just jumped off the page when when father when i began to 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 dive into this because uh part of this class is is us walking together through the psalms it's not that i'm i'm an expert or or a you know or anything like that on the psalms we're walking through this together why because each one of us are 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 meant to walk together to go arm in arm and hand in hand as we walk together in the lord and as we as he begins to show us who we are in him and who he is in us and and so uh, I now I do study before we go into these classes, but this is the beautiful part about it. That's why the engagement time after our classes, for those of you watching the YouTube videos, if you'd like to join us in one of the classes, there's a link in the description below where you can join us in the classes uh, live, and that way have the opportunity to be able to, to engage with us afterwards, because those times are not recorded. But I love the way that this 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 first verse actually starts because in the in the hebrew it's it says this tov asita im evdecha evdecha now what that means if you were to break it down in the literal translation from the hebrew into the english it would say good you have done to your servant that would be literally the the way it would go because tov is a noun and every Hebrew sentence begins with a noun. And so it's speaking of the fact that Father is good. Good doesn't just describe Father. It is saying Father is good. Now, I love this because the Hebrew word tov uh, begins with the living letter tet. And, and the beautiful part about Psalm 119 is that the, these, these sections, each one of these sections in Psalm 119 are known as the eight facets. And so it's like the eight facets of who we are or who this letter is, not only in the Father, but in, in, in us. Now, I'm, I'm catching myself and, and wanting and trying to almost wanting to go down this, this pathway where, where I'm in class now and the beginning to describe. So if you'd like to be a part of our school, the School of the Living Letters, we go into a lot more detail with regards to these living letters. Now, I'm going to teach you what the Father is showing me out of this to, to show you how it applies to this, but there's so much more. There is so much more. You see, the living letters were 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 created. Were, were, 
were brought about by the Father himself in the, in the very beginning. And in that place, all of creation, see, the living letters expressed the a facet of the Father. They were 22 facets of the Father. Now, I know there's 27 because we've got the five sophites. Those were added a little bit later, but they still a perspective of the Father. And but but in the fact that that the he that the father used the letters in creating the, the creation itself, then all of creation also reflects the letters themselves. Hence the reason why, in many cases, the probably the most simplest term that you could use is the living letters are like angels, they're beings, because they're they 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 have a place where they are multifaceted. And we can find a perspective of them throughout all of creation. And so look at the look at how this this fits. Tov, good have you done to your servant from the the very beginning. Tov have you done to your servant, oh God, according to your word. Teach me good reasoning and knowledge, for I have been faithful to your commandments. You see. Once again, Tet. Tet, let me let me let me describe Tet first to you. Tet is a living letter that that in its most simple literal term means basket. And so it speaks of the place of something that can be put into the basket. So I know when Father first started to reveal to me about Tet. I began to see that that uh, there there are kind of two sides to Ted, because the choice is what do I choose to put in my basket, right? So, in other words, what do I choose to put in my heart? You guys remember the old sayings where we used to talk about garbage in, garbage out, and you know, my mom and dad would always would always fuss at us about you know if you if you uh, when you're watching television, be careful what you watch, be careful what you read, be careful what you look at. And those are good, wise statements. They are good, wise uh, things that we need to listen to because that is the case. What we put, what we allow in, and what we allow our heart to meditate on, what we allow our heart to to grab a hold of and begin to, if you will, water, kind of like a seed, then it has the opportunity to grow. So that doesn't mean if we accidentally see something. We can push those things back out. That doesn't mean we've sinned when we act, when we see something that that's just that hits us and we turn away from it. You see, that's a beautiful choice that we have. We can, if you will, turn away from it. Another father took me through a place where he taught me that. And things would something something would pop up in my mind. It was something that I knew wasn't the right thing to, to be thinking about. And so what I started to do was to purposefully change my outward perspective as a way of signifying that I was also changing it on the inside. So if I was looking in one direction, I would purposely look in another direction as an outward way of saying, I, I choose to look away from this. And this, see, this is, this is what this is talking about. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Why? Because I have believed in your commandments because I have, I have believed in, in your Bamitzvotecha. Now, the, the, the mitzvotecha, the mitzvot, is the place of his commandments. The mitzvah is the Hebrew word for commandments. Now, I love that because really, when we go back to the beginning of this, it begins to talk about the place of teaching. You see, it says, teach me good reasoning. And in the Hebrew, Torah, the Hebrew word Torah, isn't necessarily just the description of the word itself. Now, many of you have heard of the Torah, but uh, in, in the, the, the Hebrew word Torah literally means teaching. So when we look at his commandments, we're not looking at these, these sets of rules that the Father says, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, and you have to do that. But instead, it's the loving instruction of the Father. So what does that mean? You know, what would really began to mess with me was about this 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 Hebrew word that uh, about tov uh, ta'am uh, in the in the 
Tov Ta'am, hold on just a second here. Tov Ta'am is the Hebrew word for the good reasoning. That's the first two words there. And it, something jumped out at my spirit when I saw this, because I saw this place of Tov. Remember, is Tov is a, is, a, is a noun here. It's talking about good. And Ta'am begins to speak about that place of, of the reasoning itself. And I began to break it down because what I began to see was this. The Father gave me this sentence. I have tasted of your, good, your goodness and your commandments, and, and they are all I want. I am faithful to them. And before I was afflicted, I erred, but now your word I keep. Now, that's the next part here, and I'll go over that in just a minute. But I want to break down this Hebrew word ta'am for just a minute. And let's look at a couple of Hebrew living letters. Again, good reasonings is what we're talking about. Tov ta'am. There are a couple of different ways that you can see and look at Hebrew word. I'm hoping I'm stirring up in you how a mystery can be hidden, not only in the definition of what a Hebrew word is, but because each and every Hebrew letter is a picture, it's a it's a description of so it's it's more than that. I almost hate using the word picture. It's a perspective, however you want to put it. It's it's a place where it speaks of more than just one thing. And I know one of the things that I had to fight against a lot as a as as you know being being from the West, if you will, not not having been born and raised as a as a Jewish person as in in Judaism. Uh, I had to I had to kind of change my perspectives because one of the one of the things that that from a Hebraic perspective that a lot of the Jews have a hard time with us as Gentiles is that we only see things from one perspective. When the truth is is that the word of the Lord is is so far deeper than that. It goes so much deeper than that. It goes it takes us to a place where not only does the Hebrew word explain to us a a, a a path that we all take, but sometimes the Lord will take us onto a very private path where it's just us and him as he's carrying us through a particular place or particular situation. So this Hebrew word ta'am, one of the ways that you can see the, the first letter is that, that, there, that usually a Hebrew root word is three letters. I find that interesting because a Hebrew Letter a Hebrew word that only has two letters in it is called a seed. A Hebrew word that has three letters is called a root. So stop and think about that just a moment. If it's got two letters, it's describing two parts of that, and it's a seed. But once that seed is planted, it adds a third part to that. And that that third part now becomes a root. So when you see a root word in Hebrew, don't, you know, we always used to think that that was just the first word. That was the word that all of them come from, but no, it's even deeper than that. It's literally symbolizing the place of it taking root inside of us, that place of the fruit inside of us. You see, if you will, if you can go here with me, we're talking about the place of the seed of the Father where we are bearing the good fruit. We are just like the trees being planted by the rivers of living water, bearing fruit 12 months out of the year. All right. So let me get to this part. I get I'll get to preaching if I'm if I'm not, I'm not careful. And I, I want to focus a little bit more on teaching today. That Hebrew word ta'am. The tet. See, it, there's when you're looking at three Hebrew letters like that, that's forming a single word. Uh, remember that Hebrew is written from, or in read from right to left. So the tet, uh, we can look at it from the perspective of the past. The ayin, which is the middle letter of ta'am, is in a present position. And then the mem final, which is the last letter going right to left, is in what we call a future position. Okay, so what does that mean? So I can look at the Hebrew letters, not only from what it means, and in this case, ta'am, uh, again, means that place of reasoning. It's speaking of that place of, of looking at the past, the present, and the future. So let's walk through that. I hope you guys are still with me here. 
the tet. The tet is in what we call the past perspective. So when I stop and I begin to think about the things that the Father has taught me, I begin to choose to look back into my past and find those places where I know this father I know is where you were good to me. This is where you took me out of these situations. And sometimes there's there's situations that we can pick out right away. And sometimes there are other situations that, that we have to stop and think about for a while. But the truth is, is when we really go back and look, we discover that in every situation, father brought something out that was good. You see, one of the one of the things that father taught me when he took me into the secret place the first time was that he showed me the place where there was treasure that was hidden away in darkness and i started to think about the dark times that i had in my life and where the in in the place where those dark times had happened it sometimes took me a while to find the treasure but in every situation, I began to realize that the father had already provided a treasure from the very beginning, and I had, I, had, uh, I had not really realized it until much later. And then when the treasure came out, then I was thankful for, the, for the, the place where he had taken me through because it taught me something. It taught me that there was treasure there. And it hit me one day. I was like, well, then, Lord, why in the world am I? Constantly going back and looking at troubles as being troubles. Why can I not begin to change my perspective and the way that I see difficult times or troubles or tribulations or trials or or, or places where there's there's that, that it's not necessarily an easy path to go through? Why do I always have to look at them as being difficulties or troubles? Why can't I change my perspective and begin to see them as treasure hunts? And the moment that I realized that I could see them as treasure hunts. It changed my attitude. I was like, well, then thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this, for these difficulties, because then it, it brings me to the place of finding, okay, Father, you've hidden a treasure for me, so let me go find it. I don't know about you guys, but for me, this has been a real key thing for me right now. Uh, the Lord began to, over uh, probably about a week ago, uh, there are times that that I'm, I have these times where I've where I've had this deep deep conversations with the Father, and we just we just have a beautiful time together. And then there are times when I struggle in my mind, okay, where I begin to look at other situations, and I remind my I have to remind myself of the very thing that I preach, because because it's like it's 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 almost as if. The it's not like the father has left. I know he hasn't because I know inside of my heart that he's there. But there are times that I struggle through things, you know, or I look at situations and think, boy, I hated to have to stand up and say something to somebody, you know, about something about a particular issue. But father, I know it was you that rose up in me that said, no, I don't want to take part in the way that you are showing this. So I may back out of this if I need to. Because I, I, that's not the way that I see things, nor the way that I know that the Father has instructed for me to do. So no, thank you, and and have to back out. And sometimes those things are those times are tough. And when you go back and look at them, you think, oh, could I, could I have done things differently? You know, how could I have done this in such a way where it, it may or may or may not have offended somebody? And I have to remember that I have to be true to what the Father has told me to do. And I can be nice and as 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 uh, cordial in that as I can. But there are times when I just have to plain and simply say no, whether somebody else likes it or not, right? And and so there there there's 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 things that happen, especially in ministry, where you know you've got your you've got a lot of folks that are are reaching out and are are talking with you and and so on and 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 you're 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 expressing the heart of the Father in the best way that you can and the love of the Father in the best way you can and uh, you try to get to everybody as much as you can, but there's times when when I have to spend my time with the with the Father too and so there's you see what I'm saying there's there's difficulty there's difficulty times. There's times of difficulty that we all go through. And I've, I've been kind of going through one of those right now. And then right in the middle of all this, the father begins to drop in this place of Tove. 
and remind me yet again of the things and the and the things that he's taken me through, the places where he's taught me, the places where he has shown me his word. And he says, okay, don't forget, I'm always good. So there's a treasure hidden here, Daniel, just like there always has been. Okay, yes, all right, <laughs> give me the shovel. <laughs> I'm ready to go, all right? And so that, that tet, that first tet, see, I've been talking about that first tet in the Hebrew word ta'am, the place of reasoning. Because why? I remembered the treasures that he had given me from, from before, and it stirred me up to say, okay, I'm not going to give up now. Why in the world would I even want to give up? Matter of fact, I, I love uh, uh, Oracle Damon Thompson. He's the the pastor over here at the the homestead where we go, and and he he made he he said he said this in a way that uh, that I, I just I, I love the way he he said this. Uh, something that I already knew inside my spirit, man, but his description of it was so poetically beautiful it wasn't funny. And he said this: once you see. The twinkle in the father's eye of who you are as that twinkle in his eye, you'll want to do everything you can to, to, to remain in that place. Everything that you can with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. It's like, yes. And so that tet begins to allow me to see that place of, Father, I've not forgotten the things that you've shown me from the past. But how do I see these things in the present? Well, see, I've kind of been flip-flopping between the tet and the ayin in this case, because, because when, when, I, when I began to remember those things that he had done for me that were good in the past, then I begin to look at the present situation and the, and the present place, because the living letter ayin is a letter that speaks about the I. Was it what is it that I see? Now, those that have been in our classes have heard me talk about this before because it's it's two key questions that have that have changed my life more than any other questions. And those two questions are what do you see and how do you see it? But those were questions that I had to ask inside of myself. What is it that you're seeing? And how is it that you're seeing it? Why? Because what I see and how I see it will determine the way that I respond to it. Right. So if I see a trouble or a trial, if I look at it as a trouble or a trial, then the way I'm going to see it in this present moment is as a trouble or a trial. But if I choose from the beginning to see this as a place where the, the father has hidden a treasure and this is a treasure hunt, you get where I'm going? What I see now is this place of digging to find that place. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. Why does he want us to search these things out? Why didn't he just give it to us? Well, let me ask you a question in response and let just let the let the uh, let the picture uh, answer your question. Have you ever seen a family where the kids were always given everything they ever wanted? How did they turn out? That's all I'm going to say about that. Not going to go any deeper than that. You can answer the question. The Father wants us to know that the things that He's given us are this place where He He I'm seeing the twinkle in His eye of who I am, and I want to do everything that I can to find that place where where my face is resonating the face of the Father. You see, that's the ayin of ta'am, the reasoning. The place of reasoning. I see where I am right now. I see that I'm a twinkle in his eye. I see that place where he has made me to be a son, a king, an heir, and a priest. So I've gone from past with the tet. I've gone into Ayin where we've talked about the present. But what about the mem final and the future? You see, mem final is a Hebrew letter that really speaks about the place of the fullness of the Father. I mean, it's the only way that I can use to describe it. it, it it's, it's usually seed as the sea and water. But remember that water is also a description of his word. And his word is so deep. It goes so far beyond what we could think or imagine 
that 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 the, the deeper we go into his word, that the more we find the, the treasure, the more we see. Matter of fact, oh, poor Rebekia. We begin to see secrets and mysteries and riddles that have been hidden for ages, but have been set out there for the sons. Why? Because we have chosen to go deep with him. We have chosen to, to go to this place of tehom. Tehom is the Hebrew word for deep. And truth be told, even the Hebrew word tehom speaks about that place of the fulfillment of faith. The faith being the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But the mem talks about the tangibility, the ability to touch, to feel something in the earth, because it's gone from this place where faith has brought it into existence here on the earth. You see what I'm talking about here? Tom, I can reason. I can reason those things that have happened in the past and see the goodness of the Father. I can then begin to change the way that I see my present situation and focus in that place of the present situation, knowing that he's always done good. And what does it do? It brings it into tangible evidence on the earth. His kingdom setting here in the place of this earth. Not only in my situation, but in each and every one of us. You see, good reasoning and knowledge, for I have been faithful to your commandments. I have seen your word, and I've seen them as loving instruction. And Father, I want to do them, not because I have to, but because I want to, because I love you. And I realized that when you told me not to put my hand on the hot plate, that it really meant not, not to put my hand on the hot plate, not, not because you were trying to restrict me from doing something, but because you knew it was going to burn me. You see, the rest of this goes into exactly what I've established from the very beginning here. And I'm going to wrap this up as we go through the rest of this psalm, verse, and starting in verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I erred, but now I kept your word. You see, Father reminded me of that place where he always does good. And in the place where, where I, I, I make a mistake, if you will, or if you, if you will, some people say sin, but I, let's go back to this. Let me, let, me, let me just go back to this. Father, thank you. Let me just go back to a, another picture. When your children are little and you're trying to teach them how to grow and how to become more mature, especially when they're little and they don't understand some of the dangers and the things that are around them. Just like I was talking about, and I've used this in class many times about when my daughter put her hand on the hot plate. You know, we, we tried to tell her, don't put your hand, don't put your hand, don't put your hand. But that one moment when we turned around and she she got her hand up there quicker than we could see her, and she she put her hand on there and she burnt her hand. Uh, there, there were two things that happened. Of course, we immediately went into caring for her and loving for her and explaining to her, hey, this is the reason why we told you not to touch this hot plate, because we didn't want this to happen to you. Now, do you think she ever did that again after that? Not willingly, she didn't. <laughs> not willingly. I'd, same thing's true with me. You know, after I'd done it once, then I wasn't about to try to do it purposefully. You know, sometimes I've accidentally done it, but not purposefully. So it taught me something. And sometimes that happens even as a small child. So I remember looking back, and 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 of course, this is just my own my own personal. If this fits with you, then 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 take this as a part of what uh what the father is showing you as well. But I know that a lot of what I was told when I was a kid growing up was that that even in those times that I was uh that I was gonna die and go to hell if if I'm if I did what my if I did if I did what my parents told me not to do. That, that Jesus was going to come back and I was going to be taken away and I was just going to have to go to hell because it happened right at that particular moment where I did something wrong. But there was a part of me that was still immature. I'm talking about young age as I was, as I was growing up to the place of, 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 of hitting the teenage years and so on. So there was, and even in my teenage years, there was a place of immaturity. You see, I wonder how much we have, have really gone through a lot of condemnation in our heart when really it was based upon immaturity. And as we grew and as we learned, and as we learned the finer details of this, then it started making more sense. Now, see, 
if I err during those times, and I'm thankful for those times that I err. You know, and I'll actually, we'll actually go over that just a minute. I'm thankful for those times that I erred. Why? Because it taught me. But before I was afflicted, I erred. But now I keep your word. Now I've seen how that word applies to me. Now I've seen the place of your goodness. And I don't want to go down those paths anymore. Heck no. Why? Why would I want to go down a place of death and destruction when I've seen the twinkle in my father's eye about who I am in him? I don't want to go down that path anymore. Heck no. I want to go down the path where I know that that the Father has saved because uh, so I want to follow your word, Lord. I want to follow the place of where you've you've taken me. But now I keep your word. You are good and beneficent. Teach me your statutes. Teach me these places of the things where that that as I'm still growing, as I'm still learning, as I'm still walking through these things, teach me those 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 places of your statutes where I know I can stand firmly in you. Now that I have the maturity and realize that the things that you told me before have been true and yes, they, and they've always been good, then as I still walk through those things, because we all still walk through them, right? We all still are walking through situations and through difficulties and through trials. And, and the Lord's taking us and saying, but wait a minute. Remember those things that I've shown you in the past. Look at them in the present. Bring them into the present and remember it. Look at them with the way that you see them now. So teach me your statutes. Willful sinners have piled accusations upon me. But I guard your precepts with all my heart. Now, I love this because that, that place where it talks about the, the willful sinners here, they're or particularly about the false accusations. In the Tahalim, uh, this is the, the book that I like to use in here. Uh, I love, this is actually the art scroll, the, the what you're seeing up on the board right now is the art scroll series um, version of this same book. Uh, now, there's big difference between the Tahalim that's in the written book and this one in that the, the, the application actually does change the sentences to flow a little bit more in the English language. If I was to read this in the Tahalim directly, it would actually say that it actually says this piled upon me false accusations have willful sinners, but I with all my heart guard your precepts. Piled upon me, false accusations have willful sinners. Now, that word false accusations is the Hebrew word shaker. And it really jumped out at me as well in the midst of this place because it, it, it literally means lie. False accusations can be lie. And I know that through, through all of the situations that each one of us have been through, we can find where people have lied to us or lied about us or lied against us. And, 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 piled up, you know, false accusations. But this word actually goes deeper than that. It, it means something more than just the lie itself. You see, in some cases, there, there can be, it can be a personal, and in other times, it can be a general or a uh, talking about a group of people. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've, I've really noticed a lot lately where that that the church itself has come under a lot of fire and a lot of difficulties. And there's a lot of people that are rising up and and beginning to say, you know, well, I just I don't want anything to do with the God that, that they've always talked about. And they begin to mock uh, the things that Yeshua did on the cross because it, it was it's all about these rules and regulations. I hate religion. OK, I hate religion. I am not. Mm, I want to be careful here. I do not identify myself as a Christian. I identify myself as a son. I identify myself as a son. You see, those religious rules that have bound us down have been just that. They've been places where we've been bound into the into saying that we have to follow a set of rules. When the father says, I have something that I want you to do. Paul talked about it when he talked about this place of how can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you. Well, let's go to a little more of a cellular level of this. Let's get a little scientific. -y, all right. Sorry, that's my word, scientific. -y. Let's get a little more scientific. 
you know, can my hand cell do the same things that that my that the that the cells in my feet can do? My hand can do one thing, but my feet are meant to do something completely different, right? And so the rules that govern my hand and the way the way that my hand operates don't necessarily govern my foot because my foot operates in a different way. But how can the hand get to where it needs to go to be able to complete what it needs to do if it doesn't have the feet that carries it from one place to the next to be able to complete that word in the first place? So how can the hand of the hand to say to the foot, I have no need of you? There's a place of, of honor. And the same thing is true inside of us. Each one of us, oh, boy, Rebecca, I want to, oh, there's one thing that, that I know that the Father has has had me declare more than anything. And there's one of the things that I've been stirred up in in this particular, in this particular section of Psalm 119, the Father has stirred me up, is that is reminding you of who you are in Him. He has made you to be good. He has made you in this place where you are good to him. He has made you to be a treasure, a very specific treasure. And you see, the truth is, is that that no one else can accomplish and be the treasure that is you. Only you can have that facet. Only you can be that facet of him. Only you can express the, the, the place of what father has made for you to be as you look into his face. And you see the twinkle in his eyes as, as he looks into your face and he sees his twinkle in your eye. And you begin to, to, to operate in this place where you begin to, your, your body begins to change, your face begins to change, your attitude begins to change. Why? Because I'm looking into the face of my father and I'm becoming what I behold. It's not because I've got a set of rules and the accomplishment of my ability to be able to complete and do all of those rules. That's not the place where he's judging me. He's judging. He's he's looking at me in that place of seeing my twink, his twinkle in my eye. So that when I look at him, I'm looking at him in the place of, of love. Do you know the wealth of who you are? Do you real do you realize the fullness of what Father has made you to be in him? You see, that place of the false accusations, that can be tough situations that all of us are going through. We can look at the world right now and we can we can actually see that 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 the world's there's there's difficulties, but I don't like to spend a whole lot of time dwelling on that. Something we have to mention, maybe a little bit, but that's not my focus. My focus is is looking at what the goodness of what the Father has made each and every one of us to be. That's the place I want to focus on. It doesn't matter about what they say. <laughs> Whatever. Those are just that. They are false accusations. When I see the twinkle in my father's eye and he's, he, he sees his twinkle in my eye, that's all that matters. Their heart grew thick as fat. But for me, your Torah. Now, the Hebrew word Torah, again, is, is, is actually translated as teaching. So listen to this. Their heart grew thick as fat, but for me, your teaching is my preoccupation. Your Torah is my preoccupation. Those are the things that I want to dig into. That's the place where I want. I don't want to learn of you. Why? Because the more that I learn of you, Father, the more that you show me who I am. You know, I don't tell the story often, but when Father first took me into the living letters, one of the things that he began to, to reveal to me was this place. See, my heart, the intent of my heart was to find him. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see how the letters represented who he is. And not only that, but teach me about him. But the more that I dug into trying to find him in the letters, the more that he kept turning around and saying, oh, but Daniel, wait a minute. This is also you. Let me show you how this applies to you, too. Father, thank you for making us sons. Your teaching is my preoccupation. It is good for me. Listen to this. Remember, I mentioned it just a little bit ago, and here we've got it in Psalm 119, verse 71. It is good for me that I was afflicted so that I may learn your statutes. 
Now, I know that 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 from the Western mindset, we've been taught that affliction has always been from the devil, has always been from Satan. But remember, there's a place in Romans chapter 8 that says this, that the earth was subject to, in one translation, it says vanity. In another translation, it says futility. But in yet another one, and this is my favorite, is the word frustration. So the earth was subjected to frustration, not by its own will, but by the will of the one who said it in, in hopes that we would begin to realize who we are as glorious children of the sons of liberty. Now, that's that was badly paraphrased because I'm trying to do it right off the top of my head. But so so let me go Romans 8 and read it directly from there. And I'm going to wrap this up here in just a second. I'll start verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth, waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity. That's the word right there that I was talking about. Or frustration. The creature, it's, uh, the creature was made subject to frustration, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subject, subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. And so David is saying thing, the same thing here, because why? I had to learn to change my perspective on what I used to call afflictions and difficulties. Right. Because I had been taught that that said that if it does, if it wasn't easy, then it was Satan that was stopping me from making it easy. And not the fact that my father loved me so much that he presented a challenge for me. Why? A challenge so that I could overcome. Because in Revelations, it talks about to he who overcomes to he who overcomes, to he who overcomes, I will give them these, the places where they are established as the kingdom of God in the earth. And all the places where it says over and over again, the place of the overcomer. You see, that's what the scripture is talking about. It. I'm thankful. Why? Because now I choose to see those difficulties, not as troubles or trials, but I, I choose to see them as treasure hunts. I choose to see them because the Father is wanting to take me from one one place to another place. He's wanting to take me from one dimension into another dimension. He's wanting to take me from glory to glory to glory to glory. Do you see this? And so I don't even have to deal with the afflicted part about that anymore. No, I'm not seeing it that way. I'm seeing them as treasure hunts. Why? So that I may learn your statutes. And I love this. I prefer the teaching, the Torah of your mouth, more than thousands in gold and silver. You see, the true place of treasure is found in the word of my father. Why? Because every one of his words begin to show me who I am in him and who he is in me. That the two of us are joined together as one. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And Father, you, Yeshua, you made a way, you made a path by your death on the cross, you allowed us to, to bridge that gap between the difference between that, that it, where separation had come in through Adam. Now we were made whole again. And there was the place where we could, we could, we could come through to the Father. And no man comes to the Father but 
by the blood of Yeshua. And so I thank you for what you did on the cross to allow us to have this place. And in doing so, you connected our path to the place of your house. You took us into the place where you had shown us that we were wrapped around by the shadow of your wings. We were covered by you. Inside of your house, Father, is the place where where we sit inside of your heart and we learn from you. Where we sit in this place of of being covered completely and fully by you. And we sit and kneel before you. We sit before you and we sit on your lap. Wherever you've called us to be, Father, and we listen to your heartbeat and we learn the things that you're teaching us out of the words of your mouth and out out of the intent of your heart as you begin to allow us to see who we really are. And then, Father, we take that and we 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 turn that and we begin to to show that to the rest of the world, Father. If you will, the 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 flesh that has been ripped away and allows the light being of of who you are inside of me to be able to be shown abroad into all the earth. That's true with each and every one of us. That we're meant to be your light. So, Father, I thank you where your teaching has taken us to this place where we know that. Father, it all begins because of your tent, because of your goodness, because of the place that you have You have said, my heart is always good towards you, my children. I only do good, period. That's it. The Father doesn't do evil. The Father doesn't do bad. He didn't create. No, the Father is always good. And even when we go through challenges, it's good. And I can choose to look at it that way. And look for the treasure that you've hidden deep inside for each and every one of us. I have tasted of your goodness and your commandments, and they are all I want. I choose to be faithful to them. Blessings and shalom to all of you.